0: this morning let's give it to us here having done all to stand stand I think that's a very timely subject I think, I think you can agree with me that there are a number of people they're not standing anymore and I'm not talking about physically I'm talking about emotionally Mentally, spiritually, family, marriages—they're they're no longer what standing. And Paul says, "Having done all to stand, having done all that you can do after it's all said." And Paul says, "I," you say, "Keep standing. Keep standing." Point number one, one of the things that will help us to keep standing is the promises of God. The promises of God. The promises of God. When you keep the focus of God's promises, you're talking about future tense, what God said will come true. You have to believe what God said. You have to have faith in what God said. Standing on the promises of God will keep you not sitting on the premises of God. There are a number of people who are not standing on the promises of God because they don't believe the word of God, but they're sitting on the principles of God. And whenever you're sitting on the premises, rather, of God, you're not practicing the principles of God. And in order to make heaven your home, you have to practice the principles. Standing on the promises of God is, I believe what God said one day will come to pass. The closer, the closer you are to God, the better you will understand God. The closer you are to God, the better you understand. You can't understand me unless you get close to me. Now, you might judge me, but you can be wrong. Because you can be wrong and make a big mistake when you judge people from a distance. Because when you are close to somebody, you can understand the person much, much better. God says, draw now unto me, and I will draw now unto you. In other words, God says, when you get close to me, I will make it my business to get close to you. Why did God say that? When you understand God. You can break down God, the details of God. That's why he tells us about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. When you get close to God, you'll understand God. You'll understand him in detail. The fruit of the Spirit is describing God in detail. Love, charity rather. Self-discipline, temperance, meekness, long-suffering. When you get close to God, you understand God. There are certain people today in churches all over the country who do not understand God. Because when you are at a distance from God, you cannot understand me at a distance. You have to get close to me. And when you get close to me, you not only understand me, but you can break me down. You can tell detailed things about me when you're close to me. But when you're way over yonder. And uh, the Bible tells us all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. You know, sometimes we limit ourselves. We limit God. Because we believe, we persuade ourselves sometimes that this is too much for God. The Bible says all things are what? Possible. All things, y'all, are possible. (laughs) God wants me to fly without any assistance. It's possible if he wants me to fly without any mechanical instrument, without any feathers, like a bird. Or if God really wants me to do so, guess what? It's possible. You cannot limit God. All things. If I say what is all things is all things, everything is what? Possible. The key here is to make sure that you're with God. Because when you're with God, all things are possible with God. Now, if you're not with him, then all things are not possible. Standing on the promises of God ought to excite you. Because there are some things God promised us that we haven't come to yet. He promised us Some things that we have not yet, what, experienced. The Bible said there are some things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Y'all, I'm telling you, there are some amazing things that you and I can't even comprehend that is. You go to the Grand Canyon and you're amazed by that. You see certain waterfalls and you are amazed by that. You see certain structures and you're amazed by that. But you ain't seen nothing yet until you've seen what God has prepared for us. There are some promises y'all. You got to stand on the what? Promises. Stand on his, on his promises. It might be rough and hard now. But God made promises. And if anybody can keep a promise. It's God. Watch this point number two. Uh, point two watch this here. Fight one more round. Fight one more round. Fight one more round. Come on, somebody. Y'all going to help a preacher this morning. Fight one more round. Just one more. If you can keep in your mind that I will fight one more round. Uh, there was a fella you might, you might not know him, but his name is John L. Sullivan. John L. Sullivan was uh, the heavyweight champion in bare knuckle fighting right you remember these guys they would bare knuckle fight like this y'all remember that back in the day some of the young folk might not but but bare knuckles they fought with their bare knuckles in 1892 john l sullivan was the heavyweight champion in bare knuckle fighting he was the first glove boxing champion when they made the switch john l sullivan lost one fight it was to a fellow by the name of gentleman, uh, Jim Carbett. Carbett beat Sullivan in the 21st round. Did, did you hear me? He beat him in the 21st round. Now, we're familiar with what? 12 rounds. But back yonder, they fought longer. In the 21st round, he beat John L. Sullivan. And when he beat Sullivan, uh, the money, the prize money that he got, he gave all of his money to his church. All of his money. And he had a motto that he would use. And the motto was fight one more round. Every father needs to fight one more round for his family. Every mother needs to fight one more round for her children. Every grandparent needs to fight one more round for your grandchildren. Every teacher to fight one more round for the students that you teach every president needs to fight one more round for the citizens that he leads every preacher needs to fight one more round to the members that he preached to I stopped by to tell you don't let the devil get the best of you stay in the fight keep your footing don't lose your ground hold your ground fight one more round one more round. One, I sound like old Rocky, don't I? One more round. Y'all remember Rocky was fighting old Tommy Gunn, and he told Tommy, he said, "Tommy, he said, hey yo, Tommy." I didn't hear no bell. And you know, tight. Uh, uh, Rocky was falling. One more round. <laughs> one more round, huh? Church, you gotta learn how to fight. One. More, round. I want to read something to you that old gentleman, what he did, what he said. uh, John, or Jim Carbet, share with you what he said here. And uh, I think it's uh, it's worth reading. Gentleman Jim Carpet, his last word. Words were, when your arms are so tired that you can hardly lift your hands to come on guard, fight one more round. When your nose is bleeding and your eyes are black and you are so tired that you wish your opponent would crack you one on the jaw and put you to sleep, fight one more round he closes out by saying this. The man who fights one more round is never whipped. (laughs) The man who fights one more round is never whipped. The devil wants to whip you. And I'm glad the Bible says what Gentleman Jim Corbett is saying. He says fight one more round. But the Bible says a wise man will fall. Oh, I tell you. A wise man will fall. You miss your shout. You can be wise and still fall. A wise man will fall. Seven times, but he will get up again. Fight one more round. Y'all may not know it, but somebody is at the break of giving up. You, you, you might not know it. You you see people every day. You think everything is cool. You think everything is copathetic. You think everything is smooth sailing. You think everything is fine. You think everything is cozy. You think everything is all good. But I stop by there to tell you there are some folk that from get, and if you blow on them hard enough, they will break and crack in pieces. That's why you got to be careful how you come at people. You got to be careful how you respond to people. You have to be careful in this life because somebody walking these streets Working on your job, working in a shop, walking in a grocery store is at a breaking point. And if you tell them the wrong thing, if you say the wrong thing, if you look at them wrong, they're going to crack and they're going to fall to pieces. I'm telling you, you got to learn how to fight one more round. One more round. You got to tell Satan one more. I ain't done yet. He like. I knocked this fella down a million times. He's still getting up. Y'all, the key is to get up. That's the key. Get up. Get up. What is more frustrating, brother Steph, to a boxer than when you knock him down? He keeps getting up again. You, you knock him down again, and he what? He gets up again. That's frustrating. Because all you want him to do is stay down. But y'all, when you keep getting back up. Point number three. Uh, Life is like an obstacle course. Paul, uh, 2 Timothy. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3. You know the verse already, Second Timothy chapter 3. Paul talks about it in verse number 7. He says, I have fought a good fight. That's what Paul said. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. Some of y'all thought y'all, y'all wouldn't fight us because you're Christians. You're in a fight. You're in a fight of your life. He says, I have fought a what? A good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Y'all, you have to fight a good fight, though. You have to finish your course. Keep the what? Keep the faith. How? How? How horrible, dreadful it would be if a person would live a Christian's life until they reach 70 or 80, and then give up the faith at the back part of their life. Y'all, you have to learn how to what? Keep the faith. Life is an obstacle course. Paul talks about, I finished my course, or he talks about, I finished my race. I, I finished my race. You're, you're running, but, but it's, not a, it's not a physical run. This, this thing is a, this, this is a, it's a life's race. And, and Paul, I'm glad he gives us an example because he wants us to know that while you live, the bad part of your life, you should be able to say like Paul, I have fought. A good fight. I have finished my course. You should be alive looking back at your life knowing that you are at the end point of your life. I know y'all want to live forever, but I stopped by today to tell you, you're going to die. We are going to die. But at some point in your life, you need to be able to say, I fought a good fight. I finished my race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness in whom the Lord, the righteous judge, shall gift me on that day. But not to me only, but to all them that love is appearing and his kingdom also. You know, uh, life is like an obstacle course. I don't know if you had an opportunity to go through an obstacle course. But that's how life is. It's just like an obstacle course. And, uh, and I remember in the military, we did an obstacle course, and I was like, wow, man, look at this. Look at all of this stuff we got to do. And when you're coming through an obstacle course, there are some things that you have to get over. There are some things that you have to get under. And I remember when we was in a training one time, and uh, they were shooting tracers, and tracers are... Live rounds that you can see in the dark. And so we're crawling on the, on, the, on the ground, and we're, they were shooting live rounds over your head. And you can see the traces by this high coming off, shooting live rounds. And they tell you, don't pick your head up. Don't pick your head up. Don't you come up. And you can just hear it. They were just passing. And I'm like, wow, this thing is amazing. And I was like, you know, I was just looking at it, lighting up and, you know, just going. I kept my head down, y'all, but I kept moving. But I was like, this is amazing. Look how close this thing is. Then you got to go around some things in an obstacle course. And then you have to go through some things. See, life is like that because in an obstacle course, you got to learn how to get over some things. You gotta take the high road sometime. You gotta go over some things in life. If you're gonna get where God wants you to go, you gotta take the high road sometime in life. And then sometimes there's, you gotta go under. In order to get to where God wants you to get, you have to go under some things. You have to take the low road. And then sometimes you come to certain points and positions in life. You can't go through. You can't go over. You can't go under. So you have to have the sense to do what? To go around. There are some things in life you want to just what? Go around them. There are some people in life you go what? Around them. There are some mess. In life, you have to learn to go what? You got to go around the thing. You can't go through it. You can't go over it. You can't go under. You have to have God's sense enough to go around it. But then, y'all, there are some things you got to go through. Oh, you done missed your shot right there. You have to go through something. You, listen, you, you, can't, you can't go under it. You can't go under anything will not allow you an opportunity to get under. It's close at the bottom. You can't go over the top because it's shut off at the top. You can't go around because it has walls there. The only thing you can do with some things in life is go through it. You can't get rid of it. You have to what? Go through the thing. Y'all One of the things we don't like to do is go through some things. We don't like to go through some things. T-H-A-N-G-S. Huh? We don't like to go through. We, 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 we rather just, just take another route. Y'all, there are some places you cannot go unless you travel on that road right over here. You'll never get over yonder if you're, there's, there's no other routes to go. There are water all over the place. You can't get there. That'll take you in and take you what? Take you back out. And in life you got to learn how to what? You got to go through some things. But I'm glad you don't go through it by yourself. I told us earlier that when you when you walk with, with God, all things are what? All things are possible. When you what? When you walk with him. You got to walk with him. And when you and when you and when you when you're with God, that's the key y'all, when you're with God. Don't you go through some things without God. But when you're going through some things in life with God, you know, listen, whenever circumstances and situations present themselves, the first thing you do is ask yourself, Am I right with God? Did y'all hear that? You didn't get nothing else, to get there. When you're going through some things in life, the first thing you ask yourself, Am I right? With God. Because you do not want to go through some things in life if God is not with you. Sometimes you got to repent on the spot. <laughs> Sometimes you got to confess. You got to call up somebody. Look, man, I, you pray for me. I don't understand. You need to pray for me. I need the Lord to be with me. You got to do what you got to do to get right with God because you cannot go through that thing all by yourself. You'll never come out on the other side. So the first thing when you're going through some things, you gotta ask yourself, am I right with the Lord? Because if God be with me, if God be with me, if if God be with me, who is that in your Bible? If God be what? With all things are possible. With God. The key is walk with God. Make sure God is with me. Because when God is with me. Who can be? Who can be, Who can? Who can? Be against me. When God is with me. Man I'll take on the world. If God is with me. I'll go to hell and back. If God is with me. But if he ain't with me, if God is with me, I know I'm going to be all right. I don't have to worry about a thing. But, y'all, the key is, is God with you if you die today? I mean, if you die today, can you say within your soul, I know God with me? I know. I know. Y'all, it's one thing to, to question and one reluctant and doubtful. But do you know? God with you. I'm not gonna mess with you this morning. I would ask you, how you know? <laughs> how you know that? How you know that? Well, mama told me that hey, mama ain't good enough. How, how you know God is with you? How do you know God is with you? But Jack Evans Sr., the late brother Jack Evans Sr. is the president of one of the greatest black schools in America. He says Southwestern Christian College. He's walked around the campus sometimes, Sister Brock and he would ask, are you still in the faith? Now, when the president come, you know, everything, you, you, everything stand up. You know, everybody gave big respect to Brother uh, Evans, and, and he would come. And be, young man, are you, are you in the faith? And you know what we say. Oh, y- yes, sir, <laughs> we, we're in the faith there. Uh, brother, we, we're in the faith. You're like, how you know? How you know you're in the faith? <laughs> you have to be able to give an answer, a God answer. If God be with me, who can be against me? In closing, Brother Gaddis was teaching the class today, and he was talking about Saul and Mephibosheth and uh, Ziba, and he was talking about David and Jonathan. And uh, <coughs> David made a commitment to Saul and Jonathan to to make sure that he was or Jonathan that he would look after his descendants. And Mephibosheth was crippled, and uh, David asks, "Is there anybody connected or anybody?" Connected to Jonathan. Ziba said, yeah, there's a son who lives in Lodibar. That was like the ghetto. That's where people, castaways went. And David said to his chariot men, perhaps y'all go to Lodibar. Go get Mephibosheth. He belongs to the house of Saul. Wish I had the time to tell you about it. He went get Mephibosheth. When Mephibosheth understood that this was the king coming, he fell down on his face. And when he fell down on his face, as Brother Gathers taught this morning, that when a new king came in to reign, he would do off with all of the descendants of the last king. But David didn't do that. That's why the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. He, he didn't do that. He kept his word. If you got a friend who keep their word, you got a friend indeed. Eh? I don't care. You might have a whole, and some of y'all, before you die, you might learn that you ain't got a whole lot of friends. You just got a whole lot of acquaintances. Or, or should I say, or should I say, hold your phone up, sister, right there. Or a whole lot of contacts. You got to distinguish between a friend and a contact. <laughs> and he went get Mephibosheth. He went get Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth was so scared, he fell down. He couldn't walk because he was crippled. Don't know how he got crippled. It, was, it wasn't an accident or whatever, but he, got, he was crippled. And he, he, couldn't, he couldn't walk on his own. And uh, I want you to know all of us are called Mephibosheth. We all come out of the ghetto of this world. I don't care what kind of money you make, what kind of status or class you might think you are. We all come from Lodabar. And when the, when the king's royalty roll up into Lodabar, folk, folk were like, who, what, 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 what's going on? Where, where are they going? Who are they going to get? And they came and got Mephibosheth. And he tells Mephibosheth, he says, look, in other words, to cut this short, look, Everything that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, the land, and et cetera, make sure you get it. He said, you're going to always have a spot at my table. You can sit at the king. He had a son, Micah. He, everything Mephibosheth that was connected to him, Ziba, who was the servant of Saul, was still alive. And Ziba had a number of sons. He said, your sons are going to work the fields for Mephibosheth. He couldn't do it himself. He's crippled but I'm going to make sure somebody take care of you. We all can be called Mephibosheth. We're all cripple. I know you don't like to see yourself like cripple, like, but you are. We all are crippled and handicapped in an area. Oh, one day, who? one day, David is the king of Jerusalem. One day, Jesus, Lord have mercy, going to say to his angels, y'all go get brother so-and-so in bar." And oh, can you see Jesus coming back with the clouds of heaven? Royalty is coming back to get you from the ghetto of this life. Y'all, royalty is coming. Hold your ground. Stand. Don't quit. Don't give up. I know it's hard. I know you're tired. But keep fighting. One more. Y'all don't make me do that rocky scene again. One more round. And take on Life obstacle course. You know, when you become a Christian, you make a commitment to God. I think sometimes we forget that. When you went down into the water of the liquid tomb of water baptism, you told God, I'm going to commit my life to you. That's what you said. I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to get into this marriage with God. That's why any time you want to be baptized, it's a very important thing. You ought to understand I am committing myself to God. I think that's the greatest commitment you can, you can make. The reason why I think it's the greatest commitment you can make is because when you commit to God, God will commit to you. or oh, to have a friend like Jesus. <laughs> God will commit to you. When you're serious about God, God will get serious about you. When you take care of God's business, he'll make sure your business is taken care of. When you take care of the verticals, God will make sure he takes care of your horizontals. Seek the kingdom first. Everything you need, you will have. That's God's promise unto you. If you're a child of God, you come by repenting, confessing perhaps that you have sinned. You want to make some things right. You want to ask for strength. You might be going through it. You can't get over. You can't go under. You can't go around. So you have to just go through it. Maybe you need prayers. If you are not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of sins, confessing Christ, and being baptized for the remission of your sins. Jesus is still saving. Heaven is still real. The devil is still busy. I stopped by today to tell you. Make it right while you still haven't a, a chance to do so. As together we stand, and together we sing the invitation song, why don't you come? Why don't you come? affection nailed, nailed to, to the, the cross. cross.